Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. If I die before Carol, you have to know Carol. You get to know her. She's she's, she's, uh, very unique. And she said, if I went to your funeral stand and they got you in that casket up there and I'm up in the front row, I'm going to tap the person next to me and say, see, stand over there. And that's, and that's really not the front row. Okay. That's just the shell. The real nut's gone. Okay. So the idea is simply this. The real you is the nut that's inside of you. It's not what other things. So mortal things, mortal people can do stuff to you that you did not deserve or expect. I'm so sorry for that. But don't let that person get into your soul and the real you to destroy you. Because you've been made in the image of God. So I went backwards. Let's go back through that verse again. It goes on to say, I will not fear. If you're fearing the future of what it will be or what not be, why should you not fear? Because it says the Lord is going to help you. Why is he going to be your helper? Because he says he'll never fail you nor forsake you. Own this verse when you're going through this tough time because God is changing you from the inside out. He's working in your life. Oh, how precious that is, dear ones. Please never forget that. He is that mood lifter. Now you might say, well, how is God really working in me? Look at verse 7, if you will, and maybe 5 and 6 and 7. Here's what it says. These problems or trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. So if it's not strong and pure, then you're failing the test. The problem isn't the test. The problem is that you're not seeing God in this. So it's attacking you, hitting your faith. You're letting it attack your faith, and now it's showing that you're not as strong as it could, you could be. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Now, whenever they purify gold, what do they do? They run it through heat. So you may be, watch this now, feeling the heat because God wants you to move your feet. A little humor there, but I think you get what I'm saying. goes on to say, and your faith is far more precious to God. Well, it's precious to us, but it's more precious to God than mere gold. Now, why is our faith more precious to God? Because when our faith is stronger, it brings more glory to God. Did you catch that? Don't that This stuff is heavy, but it's real simple to understand. So he says all of that. So he says it's more precious than gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. Not maybe today. But when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. <clears throat> you don't have to answer this out loud, but I want you to go back over your life, maybe the last couple of weeks. How many problems have you faced these last couple of weeks? One, two, three, hundreds, dozens. I mean, you, having a problem is not, how can I say this? Don't deny you have problems. That's the worst thing you can do. You, Accept or embrace them, but at least admit you got problems. How many of you had some problems this past couple of weeks? Raise your hand. I talked to all of you. I did. Well, let's just take your problems for a moment and say you only had one problem. 
And with that one problem you had, it's going to carry the weight of an ounce of gold. I did some homework recently. How much is an ounce of gold today? I know it's kind of going up and down and all of that. But here's what I found when an ounce of gold is worth as of September 9th. $1,940. If that one problem is one ounce to God, remember, faith, trial, all that, that's $1,940. That's worth $1,940. If you had 16 of them, it'd be worth 31000 The trial of your faith is more precious than gold. So in other words, no matter how high gold gets, the trial of your faith is even better than whatever gold is. Did you catch what I'm trying to say here? So here's something that's not in Scripture, and this is going to take a post-toasty Christian. You know what a post-toasty Christian is? A little bit better than others, all right? You'll remember that from the old days. If you say this to the Lord, this is going to show how strong you are in Him. Lord, since the trial of my faith is more precious than gold to you, because of what it's doing to me to bring glory to you, if that's more precious than gold with that trial, then Lord, keep bringing me all the trials you can. And when you sense that it's enough for me to bring glory to you, then you can cut it off. So at least accept it if you can't celebrate it. You can celebrate it, then embrace it because it's strengthening you for his glory. So now it's almost like, Lord, the more trials I got, the better it is for me. So don't look down. You look up because he's doing a great work inside of you. Well, we could say more about that, but let's look at another passage here. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says this, For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever for the glory of God. Now, when I read the, the phrase, for our present, that's what we're going through right now, troubles are quite small and won't last very long. So look up here on the phrase, quite small. The trial that I have going on in my life, whatever trial that you have, do you know anybody else that has a worse trial than the trial you're going through right now? Did you raise your hand? Anybody? Okay. okay. So it's bad right here because it's like holding up a match that's lit in front of you and you see the flames and you can smell the sulfur on that match and it looks like the whole world is on fire. But if you press, push it out in front of you, it's just a match and it's farther away. So it's the perspective. Now, the last part of this I really like when it says next here, it says, and won't last very long. Now, there's two ways to interpret that. The humorous way would be, and I'm looking at a couple of you that are a little older right now. I'm one of those. I might have 10 years left. Might not. Might have more, but pretty much I get 10, 10 years left. So the length of my trials will be a lot less because I'm older and I'm going to die. Y'all, can you agree with that? So that's a short about, okay? Now, some of you that are real young, you've got a lot of trials that are out in front of you. I, I get that. And you're going to have trials till the day you die. How do I know that? Job said that. Man, is a point in the trials as the sparks, sparks fly upward. But now when I look at it, it says here that they're kind of small. They won't last long, which could mean this too. And I believe this is a good way to look at it. No matter what you're going through, you'll make it. It's, it's, you're going to get over it. You can go through it. You'll have a scar. I get it. Mental scar, emotional scar, physical scar, financial scar. You'll have a scar. But even celebrate the scar. 
Because a scar is something visible that says God loves you and he's doing something in your life to grow your faith so you can glorify him that you're his. Did you catch that? So even if you have the leftover scar, it's okay. You see how precious his word is? not a dusty little truth out there. It really works for us today. Well, keep that in mind. Just when you get discouraged, just remember you're part of God's forever family. Remember that he's working in your life. And here's number three, that God has secured your future. Now, I know you know that you know you have future with the Lord. I get that. I know you know that. But what I wanted you to write in is the word secured. Secured means that no matter how bad it gets here, you'll never lose your salvation once you get it. That means you may lose your house. You may lose a mate. You may lose a child. I read this morning how there was a head-on collision in South Carolina of of a football coach's family while he was still in L.A. And one car, I don't know which one it was, went across the line and there was a head-on collision. One person in the other car died. The person in this car was the wife of the coach, and he had a child in the car, an infant in the car, the wife in the car, and an older daughter with him still in California. And he was talking to his wife on the phone when the head-on collision happened this They tried to get to the car, but they couldn't. What happened was it exploded in flames upon impact. They got one child out. The wife is so badly burned, they don't know. I should probably be dead by the morning. And the infant burned alive in the car seat. When I look at all of that and I see all of that, I get so, I, I feel like this guy here has gone through so much that he might even begin to doubt there is a God. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You know, why do bad things you know, happen to good people? Kind of thing. But no matter what you think about God after you trusted Christ, your eternal destiny is secure because you don't keep yourself safe. I don't keep myself safe. It's all in Him. Let's look at the verse here. Verse 4 says, For God has reserved a priceless inheritance for His children. Let's stop with that sentence. You need to circle the phrase, for His children. Why do you need to do that? Because it says here, for God has reserved a priceless inheritance. If it stopped there, you would wonder who it's for. When you have in here, for his children, that means only certain people get that priceless inheritance. And who is that? Would be his children. And who are his children? Anybody who he's the father of. How did he become the father of? Well, a birth had to take place. You're not a father unless there's a birth or an adoption. And so in this case, we're his children because we've been born again and adopted into his family. And it says, It is reserved a priceless inheritance. Inheritance is kind of like a word you use to say you're part of the family. So we're going to call that eternal life. Other translations do use the word eternal life in there. So it's a safe way to look at that. For God has reserved a priceless inheritance, which is eternal life and everything that goes with it. Where is that reservation? It is kept in heaven. For who? For his children, but for you. You become his child by placing your faith alone in him. It's for you. And that inheritance of eternal life is pure and undefiled. It's even beyond the reach of any change or decay. That means this eternal life cannot be destroyed. It cannot change. It cannot stop. It can't morph into something else. It's without change and decay. Go on. And God, in his mighty power, not mine, will protect you. It could be the word preserve you. So you have reserved and preserved. 
will protect you until you receive that salvation because you're trusting in him. It didn't say because you're working. It's not because you've trusted in him and are working to stay saved. No, it's because you're trusting in him. It will be revealed on the last day for all to see. You'll get it now. It's waiting for you in heaven. And then everybody's going to know that on the last day. So be truly glad. Circle that phrase. So be truly glad. Don't be sad. Don't be mad. Be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. No, there's no joy ahead. There's wonderful joy ahead. And underline the word ahead. That tells you that it's not necessarily going to be now. That wonderful joy will be later on. Even though it is necessary, underline that word, necessary. You've got to do this for you to endure many trials forever? No, for a while. How long? Don't know, but for a while. Isn't that rich? That I may go through a lot of junk here, but I have eternal life in heaven and that I don't even keep myself saved. He does all of that. Now, stay with me. Look at the same passage. Get your pens ready because I want to show you Four times it is emphasized that your salvation cannot be lost because he keeps it in this one passage. It says God has reserved. So circle the word reserved for just a moment. It's reserved for you in heaven. You mind if I tell you a funny story about our honeymoon? I'm not going to tell you everything, but I'll tell you this funny story. This was back in 1969. No cell phones, you know, none of, no, no internet, no nothing. And we were married in uh, Coconut Grove, Florida. You know where that is, just outside of Miami. And we were married at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, <clears throat> I thought, okay, our honeymoon really is going to be in North Carolina mountains at a beautiful house up on the mountains outside of Silver, North Carolina. And I thought, okay, here, 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 here. Okay, halfway is Lake City. No big deal. So I went to Holiday Inn down on Brickell Avenue. And I went in there and I said, can you forward a reservation for me? in um, Lake City. And they said, sure. So they did their little deal with it, whatever, however they do it there back in 1969. I am so glad that I did that because we left the wedding at five o'clock. You know how long it takes to drive from South Miami to Lake City? Hours, and we got there at like one in the morning. If I didn't have a reservation, it would have been taken. We'd have had our honeymoon in our car. I'm, probably some have, but but the point still being is, I had a reservation. I want you to know that you have a reservation already in heaven. And that reservation won't be canceled. There's no delete button with God. I have a computer, and there's a, fam there's a favorite button. I have. It's called undo. You know, it has the undo. Undo means, oh, oh, oh no, what have I done? I can hit undo, and it shows back up again. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad the Lord doesn't have an undo button on his heavenly computer where he reserves us a place in heaven. Stan, you trusted in me, but oh man, you're a real jerk now. Undo, you know, so I, he takes away my salvation. He doesn't do that. So number one, it's reserved in heaven for his children. We talked about that, if you know Christ. A priceless gift of eternal life. Then it goes on to say that he has kept. Circle the phrase, he's kept. In heaven. So I have a room waiting for me in heaven, a place with Christ in heaven. He's keeping it for me because I might lose it. How many of you have a safe in your house that you kind of put your valuables in? Would you raise your hand? Good. Take notes, Carol. We all know who has these safe. Not just joking, but if you have that, mostly it's so that if you have a fire, it won't get burned up. Secondly, 
Hopefully no one will be able to take that safe. In other words, you don't want your valuables lost, right? Okay. How many of you have a, a an external hard drive that you put yourself your stuff on so that in case something goes fluey with your computer, you still have it on your hard drive? Raise your hand. Okay, we all have why? Because we might lose that. So what happens now when I trust Christ as Savior, we're taking our salvation, we're in a sense letting God have it, and He's reserving it for us in a safe place that cannot be lost, it will not be changed, it will not be defiled, it will not be in anything other than kept for me. But who keeps it? He does. And I think the Lord is kind of laughing all the way to the bank by saying, you know what, I keep it because you're so crazy, you'd probably lose it just like that. You lose everything else, your keys, your glasses, your remote. He says, but I'm not going to let you lose your salvation because I'm going to keep it. Why? Because the, your salvation is precious to me because my son paid for it. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Number three. It says here, <clears throat> I like this. It says that um, it can't be spoiled. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. So it won't be spoiled. It won't be changed. What you got here, it's already there, and it won't be damaged. I love that. You can't lose it. There's no undo button. So number three is, it's out of our reach to be changed. Number four, it cannot erode. Let's look at something else here. It says here in Titus 3.5, He saved us not because of the good things we did, but because of His mercy He washed away our sins. Titus 3.5, so it's by His mercy. Ephesians 2.8 and 9, it says, God saved you by His special favor, which is grace. When you believed, you didn't get saved until you believed. So our part is believing, his part is saving. And you can't take credit for this. Why? Because it's a gift of God. Salvation isn't a reward for good works we've done, so we can't boast about it. Man, mercy and grace. And by the way, that all produces peace. Notice the next verse, John 10, 28. Get your pens ready for this one. It says, I give them eternal life, that's you and me, and they shall never, circle the word never, perish, neither shall anyone snatch, I like that circle, anyone snatch. So in other words, I'll never perish. Can't snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, is that you and me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them from my hand. Now, underline the word no one. Because some people say, well, Satan could do it. No, he can't, says no one. Well, maybe some other person could take that away from me. Nope, they can't. Well, how about if um, I choose to get out of his hand? Nope, we can't. Nothing can snatch us from his hand. No one, not even myself, can get out of his hand. Let's go down to the next verse. This is so cool. Verse 5, it says, And God in his mighty, this is found in 1 Peter 1, 5 now. And God in his mighty power, circle the phrase, in his mighty power, will protect you or preserve you until you receive this salvation because you're trusting in him. So circle the words, in his mighty power, he will do this. I'm telling you, there is no way we could ever, for any means, at any time, for any reason, ever get out of his hands. So whatever you're going through now, I can't predict that your world here will get better, but I can predict with a promise that you will go to heaven in a place that will never have any problem. Isn't that great? Now watch what I'm going to do. Let's pretend my hand is the, is the hand of God, okay? When we are put into his hand, it says we are kept places reserved were kept in his hand. Nothing can take us out of his hand. Why can't nothing or no one take anything we have out of his hand? Watch this now. 
because we are kept in his hand by his power. Did you catch that? So the most powerful God is holding us right here. So no matter what we do, we can't get out of his hand because we have eternal life. So what keeps you from getting discouraged is you're in his forever family. <laughs> can't get out of it. No, number two, whatever you're going through today is helping you to really grow. It's helping you to become all that you really need to be. And then finally, mood lift number three is no matter what happens, salvation belongs to God. He gives it to us and he keeps us for us to have today. Well, Peter concluded by saying this. So be truly glad there is a wonderful day ahead even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. Amen. So be glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to enjoy or endure trials. So I have to close by saying this. That's Peter's close. Now here's my close. Number one, have you trusted Christ as your Savior by faith alone? If you have not done that, no matter how religious you are wanting to become, thinking that that might make God happy because he likes people doing religious things, going to churches, being baptized, taking communion, all this nice stuff that's kind of wrapped up in this spiritual aura. God says, no, I don't look at your performance. I look at your heart if you trust in me. There's others of you that are saying, I kind of ditched religions a long time ago because they're all man-made, but if there is a God, I hope there is, he's got to see the value of good work, so... I'm going to do as many good works as I possibly can and the Lord surely needs good people in this world today and that'll make God happy. I want you to know that, no, yeah, be good, do nice things, but he says the only thing that'll seal the deal with me is if you'd realize that my son is God Almighty in the flesh who died and rose again. And then if you would just come with a little childlike faith Place your faith alone in Jesus Christ. You will become a part of my forever family. I won't promise you you won't have problems, but I will promise you you'll have a problem solver. I'll be there for you. And I'm going to grow you so that you can begin to enjoy here what it means to have me as your heavenly father. And remember, even if you become a disobedient child, I may uh, kind of discipline you, but I'll never kick you out of my family. I love you. If you trust Christ, you have eternal life. If you have, who do you know right now that would need this message? Get a copy of it from your pastor. Share with them the precious message of salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ so they can hear good news during bad times. Let's pray, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for knowing that so many millenniums later from when Paul, when Peter wrote this, that we'd be living in a time like this. And you said things are going to get worse and worse in the last days, and they are getting worse and worse, but your love for us gave us words of encouragement, not discouragement. And so, Lord, thank you that although that was written for the times that were very, very terrible during Peter's time, they were also written for us today. And that, Father, even today, hearing this message, we're not here by chance. It very well could be that we needed to hear this message not to help us get through the trials that we're having now. It's because you already know what's going to happen next week. 
that'll be far worse than what we're going through right now. And you wanted us to look up when we're down. Now, Father, help us as Christians that have trusted you as Savior, that we would provide good news for bad times in the life of others. I pray that if there's anyone here today, Lord, that hasn't trusted you as Savior, they would just simply in their heart just admit they're a sinner. We all are. And that these trials are really here to help us look to you and to see that you love us and you died and rose again to prove that love to us. That while we were yet sinners, you did it. And now we will place our faith in you and you alone. And knowing that when we do, by calling out unto you, you're a God who cannot lie. You said if we believe, we have it. That you're a God who hears our hearts and will save us because we've placed our faith alone in your Son. Thank you again, Father, for today and for gathering us together for this great church. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Oh, 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 oh,